Since the dim dawn had given enough light to show the dark sea passing beneath them, watching the foaming wake rise and fall away, waiting for the first view of their destination. From time to time he took a pack of cigarettes from the pocket of the raincoat which flapped around his thighs, and smoked, the cigarettes burning down fast in the gusting wind. To every vessel he sighted, he raised a friendly hand, as if acquainted. As the boat docked, he did not join the small, impatient crowd waiting below for the ramp to drop, but waited, watching, as the passengers pushed onto the quayside. A crewman, probing with a screwdriver into the workings of an anchor winch, called out to him. End of the line, friend! The fat man smiled. Good day to you, then, he said, and picking up the hold all at his feet, made his way down the iron staircase and onto the quay below. He stood apart, sheltering from the rain under the portico of a butcher's shop. He smelt blood and chlorine bleach. The crowd thinned, shouting greetings and goodbyes, carrying away its strapped-up suitcases, its bags of groceries, its badly behaved children, its crates of fruit. Then the crowd was gone, and he was alone. He stepped out from the shelter of the portico into the rain. He had at first no clear idea of where he would find them, but they gave themselves away. At the harbour's end, in the lee of the high sea wall, a dozen vehicles were haphazardly parked. Amongst them, almost hidden, was a car in their distinctive livery. As he drew close, the car's white signage became clear. Astinomia. Police. The stone face of the building to his left was alive with flourishing, pale-trumpeted convolvulus. And there, wrapped around with tendrils, obscured by greenery, he found their sign. Police, and an arrow angled upwards, following the long line of a slender stone staircase. The fat man ran, quite lightly, to the top of the steps, where he faced a heavy, unmarked door. He pulled it open, and walked through. Their office, grand in its proportions, was austere. The plaster coving beneath the lofty ceiling was ornate, but the unvarnished boards of the floor were bare and dotted with hammer-bent tacks, as if some covering, carpeting, or linoleum had been ripped out and not replaced. They might have moved in only yesterday, or be leaving tomorrow, or they might have been there for years without caring or noticing that there were no blinds to cover the cracked panes in the high, narrow windows which looked out across the sea, no lampshade on the naked light bulb swinging from its long length of cord in the draught from the door, no filing cabinets, no procedural manuals, no posters or notices pinned to the pale walls, no chairs for visitors to sit on as they made their complaints. He stood at the centre of the room and placed his hold all carefully at his feet, as if it might contain something fragile. The three policemen watched him, silent and unwelcoming, 
as if he had intruded at a crucial moment on some private conversation. The undersized man at the utilitarian steel-topped desk behind the door, whose uniform, too large, diminished him further, tapped the lead of a blunt, chewed pencil on the desktop, setting a slow rhythm for the lengthening silence. His eyes moved from the fat man to the door, as if he planned to leave the moment an opportunity arose. The contents of his desk, a stapler, an ink pad, a rubber stamp, nothing more, did not suggest there was anything to detain him here. Across from him, a broad-set man, bull-headed, heavy-jowled, with thick white hair and comical dark eyebrows, leaned his elbows on a similar desk, similarly empty, three ballpoint pens all neatly capped, two opened letters in their envelopes, and an ancient bakelite fur.